right then. Flavor. Flavor. This is uh, Luke and Pete Summer slash Luke and Pete Shaw. What episode are we looking at right now, uh, Luke? Episode nine. Episode nine. You gotta Baby. keep an eye on the numbers. I'll keep an eye on those lovely legs you got out today. <laughs> we like the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> <laughs> it's re- it's really not short <laughs> weather today. Nine. Well, do you know what? Um, I I you know moving maneuvering myself around London. <laughs> It's a hefty frame. In your, in your cart. Yeah, I just, I just get hot. I just, I, I you know just what? get hot. I'm getting to the point now in my life where I am thinking about, when it comes to clothing, I'm thinking about function over style. Right. And so, I never realised that was a concern, Luke, I must no. say. Well, no, fair enough. Um, Those Japandroids t-shirts. I don't... Worn, but what? Like, you've got a reputation of I having... I have band having, t-shirts for like years and you years. You always wear band t-shirts. Come on, let's stop being silly now. Mm, you're the one who tells me off for having to go at your clothes. Well, I just thought I'd start in the way we're going to go on. I'm Pete Donaldson, I'm joined by Luke Miller. Uh, Luke, I'll, I'll level with you, and I'll level with the, with the listeners. Um, I gave myself a neck injury yeah. on Monday, and I had to go and see a doctor. And Didn't you have a rib removed recently? <laughs> 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 That's how I hurt my neck. Yeah. Just go on that extra inch. Yeah. Uh, and I hurt my neck, and they've given me some painkillers. Oh! He said, oh yeah, no, they're quite strong, they're like a, they're like a weak opiate. I was like, mate! What you want? I don't, I don't care. Did you have to do that thing where, because you're a recovering addict, you can't have them? <laughs> so you have to just take the pain. <laughs> like Doug Stamper in House of Cards. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I thought, what I would have preferred you to do on mm. this, I know you're on painkillers, and I know you've had a difficult few days, joking aside. Well, I've uh, been doing like radio shows where I'm slavering around the place. Yeah, but I'm I, not saying my words properly. But that's the thing, I was gonna, that's going to bring me on to this. Mm. I was hoping you would do this show. Mm without saying anything because I imagine you've had absolutely no notice or no complaints at all on your other show. <laughs> so no one's going to know because no. you're quite an off-the-wall type broadcaster, aren't you? So People no won't even tell. notice, yeah. I did, uh, what did I do today? I went off on one about the most uh, laddish oi-oi songs in uh, pop music. Fratelli's uh, like Chelsea Dagger. Chelsea Dagger, uh, Hard Fire Living for the Weekend. Yeah, big that time. That kind of thing. Big time. Anything by Kasabian. Anything by Kasabian, yeah. Big time. I didn't even mean to do it though, I just went off on one. Maybe I should uh, self-medicate before a radio show more often. Uh, well, I think you might just be getting older. Yeah. Uh, the same way my clothing choices are now becoming f- um, functional. Functional over style. My uh, you now vertebrae hate. are now <laughs> misbehaving. <laughs> yeah, your vertebrae have got the ghost. I couldn't believe how much it hurt, Luke. I couldn't sit up. I couldn't sit, lie down. I was like, uh, am I just going to have to like go to sleep sitting up, like standing up sort of all the time now? My friend's dad has to go to... Um, has to go to sleep sitting up, and he has done for years. That is to. miserable. Yeah. What a miserable life. Yeah, it's not great. No. Um, I was going to... Oh, yeah, th- th- on, on the vertebrae thing, mm. um, I think there's some sort I've of... I've got ev- loads, mate. I think, well, Back I think, full of them, yeah, mate. Yeah, you, you've got a few spare. <laughs> I think there's some sort of evolutionary thing with the spine anyway, whereas right. I think when the, discover- when the discovery of... Um, Comfortable sort of, business chairs. No, microbiology or whatever, so they could they could treat... Like, antibiotics, essentially, which right. hugely extended people's life mm. expectancy. Evolutionary speaking, mm. I don't think the spine is kept up. I think the spine only designed for like 35 or 40 years. Oh no. So you're on the way out, big boy. Get a new spine. How old are you now? 36. Exactly. Bang on the money. <laughs> Bang on the money. I'm out of here. Yeah. I just always thought uh, that tall men, they have a lovely time on the old um, internet dating because all girls like a tall man on internet dating. Yeah. They're not even going to entertain the idea of going out with somebody shot on the six foot. But then with a, with a shorter man, you think, well, you know, you're going to get a bad back later on, aren't you? Tall lad. Yeah, because I thought it was curve. the I thought it was the uh, I thought it was the concern of the tall man, but turns out a five foot eight can get it as well. Yeah, I I I I worry about how much I lope. 
<laughs> when I walk <laughs> right, as okay. I get older. Have I'm you got tall. a very distinctive git? I don't know, really. Are you like Mr. Soft in that uh, butter? No, no, no. But it's hard. It, that, like that was mints, that actually. was soft mints, yeah, yeah soft mints. Um, but you know, I can't really tell you about my own walk because it's hard to see your own walk. But you'd have to <laughs> tell me about it. You've got you've got quite a sort of like it's, you, you're a bit of a loper actually for a mm. short man. Yeah. But you would, you would consider yourself short. You can tell by short, the way I use my welcome woman's man. No time to talk. <laughs> <laughs> but you wouldn't describe yourself as short. You get annoyed when I talk, call you short. Normally, I think I'm uh, an inch under uh, average. Okay. I thought average is five foot uh, eight, but I think it might be five foot nine. Well, it's going to go up all the time, isn't it? When I went to the when I went to the, to the far east for the first time, I thought, "Hey, I'm going to be well tall." You get there and you're like, "No, no, no. <laughs> average height, average height. Yeah. literally average height." All right, <laughs> should we get on with it? Let's get on with it. It's yeah. uh, it, it's been uh, it's been it's been it's been been. Why isn't that louder? Well, because some of them are loud and some of them are... Co- it's been... Thank you. That's too loud, anything, anything, that too yeah, loud, yeah. too loud. Yeah. But I would prefer it loud so people know what we're actually doing. Because I think by that <laughs> point, people would probably be nodding off. Yeah. So get them a bit, a bit of volume, wake them up again. <laughs> I mean, this week, what I've been doing is uh, taking painkillers yeah. and kind of rolling around the house. Uh, I Did I tell you last week when I bought... Um, when I went to America and bought some Rosa Parks dog tags? You talked about it, yeah, in last oh, week, okay. yeah. Well, I received the dog tags from a friend who had them with them, and let oh. me tell you, they are beautiful. You, you haven't got one at the moment. I've got one at the moment. No, because I don't feel it's the time. No, okay, fair <laughs> so enough. to speak. Fair enough. I, I went to go see, I went to see Dunkirk at the cinema. Oh, yes, good. Very good. Really enjoyed it, yeah. They, uh, they showed a veteran it, a 97-year-old veteran of mm. that particular um, situation uh, it, and he was uh, complimentary in the most depressing way possible right, about okay. the whole thing. Well, I mean, I heard a couple of complaints about it. One is that um, the, the, the audio wasn't good enough and you couldn't hear people speaking, but I didn't really get that at all. I mean, You get that sometimes with modern cinema. Remember when that Metallica ca- album came out and yeah. uh, you couldn't hear a lot of what was going on because of the way it was mixed or something? Death magnetic, yeah. You've got to be careful. Well, at the risk of a digression, mm. modern uh, sound recordings on albums are recorded at such a high volume compared to older mm. um, records. It really is nice, but I think Metallica was that Death Magnetic record was a sort of the apex of that. But on but on the Dunkirk thing, people were saying yeah, the, the audio. The, Rick Rubin was not involved. No, he wasn't. No, I don't think so. <laughs> not at any point. But there's not actually a huge amount of dialogue in it. Have you seen it? Uh, no, no, no. no, I, no I mean, there's, I mean, it's probably. The film with the least amount of dialogue I've seen for certainly since the uh, since the talkies came in. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> day. Yeah, but yeah. Um, it's an excellent movie. I really enjoyed it. And I also read I read an article about how it was actually quite historically inaccurate on, on a number of key elements. But I didn't really care about that. I mean, it's an entertainment piece. So, well, I mean, entertainment as in harrowing depiction of the what? Well, it's a movie. You go to the movie theater to be entertained. Though. Yeah. Well, you don't because you're morose. But most people <laughs> go to, to be entertained, don't they? I uh, saw two things uh, last week. I saw Planet of the Apes, War for the Planet of the Apes, the Hope- final in the trilogy. Heard that's very good. It's incredible, like yeah. unspeakably good. But it's one of the situations where I had to do it for a promotion at work, and I basically had the choice of all the videos, all the videos, all the old videos, <laughs> all the films I could have gone to see, and I really wanted to see uh, both Dunkirk and Planet of the Apes. Yeah. But as soon as they said you've got to only see Planet of the Apes, you can't see Dunkirk, I was like, I want to go and see Dunkirk. Yeah, but. Oh, my days, what a piece of work. I mean, uh, for a good half an hour, I forgot that I'm watching things that aren't actually really, in the yeah. actual scene itself. That's the thing with films these days, it's getting more and more realistic, isn't it? Well, the more the annoying thing is, I think, when... Um, I don't have a visual effects background, but I know people who work on that kind of thing. Yeah. And when Circus gets all of the plaudits from his performance and stuff like that, you're forgetting millions and millions of people spending millions and millions of hours making every last follicle on a chimpanzee's head look yeah. good uh, you know it's it's a 
it's an astounding piece of work. So I've not seen the third one, but the first one I thought was very good. The second one I could take or leave, really. Second, that, that's what everybody is saying. And right, the third okay. one it is a, is a, is a piece of work. And because, okay. it's, uh, because it's kind of called uh, War for the Mount of the Apes, everyone thinks it's going to be this big war film, but it's not. It's more of a road movie, really, right. to a certain extent, and maybe like a like a, a, a jail escape kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, well worth well worth a watch. I also went to see um, Daniel Kitson as well. In, oh, yeah. Uh, in uh, the Roundhouse. Now that, if you're a fan of stand-up, if you're a fan of theatre at all, to be honest, it's a real, it's a beautiful yeah, piece I, of work. I got a message out of the blue, well, not out of the blue, I got a message out from um, Ben, aka Dot Brown, who mm. did the theme tune for this show, saying that um, he thought, he went to see Kitson, and he said it was absolutely ridiculously good, it was so good. It was, I mean, because I've read a couple of reviews, I do like Daniel Kitson, I'm not a huge fan of stand-up comedy generally, but I, I, I do like Daniel Kitson, and I saw him once um, above a pub, it was like a secret type show that he yeah. did, and he was, he was fantastic, and I've liked him since then, this was years ago. Um, but I saw a couple of reviews of the Daniel Kitson show, thing at the, is it the Roundhouse? Yes. Yeah, and he said it was, uh, and people were sort of giving it quite, quite a few mixed reviews. But, he, I think, I think... But ben Early, I think earlier in the run he maybe had some problems with his lighting, lighting cues because I think he's he basically he's got a clicker which changes the changes the um, lights every time right. and I think presumably you won't only get the um, practice doing it on the job effectively you got to right. walk and chew gum at the same time to a certain extent but and there was another review by a Guardian journalist possibly on this blog uh, People uh, and she was very offended by the fact uh, he used he used the P word a couple of times but. Genuinely, I'm always I always go down on the side of uh, of, uh, of a ethnic minority in, in situations like that. But she missed the point of the right, whole okay. thing, and she and I think sometimes when people are that gifted and that dedicated to being right on, I think they earn a certain um, level of, of, of um, not leeway, raw, leeway, leeway yeah, okay. to, to kind of to explore those ideas without just being to, offended to by paint. hearing the word the, 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 the p word. So okay, right. I, I was I was disappointed by the piece that was written because it was a bit of a hatchet job and it just didn't it missed the point of the whole thing. To be honest, yeah, I don't, I don't uh, yeah, I, 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 I haven't seen it. He's an incredible performer. And I agree. I don't know whether it's because I saw him on a matinee or whatever, but it was just easily the best bit of stand-up I've ever seen in my life. Incredible work. And so, I, I well mean, done, as, as, as a, you know, an above-average performer yourself, <laughs> you, you are really well-qualified to sort of comment on that. Well, I mean, the last time we were on stage, uh, Luke, I had a, a dildo uh, strapped to my uh, yep. crotch and I, uh, a, a dog's leather mask on my head. I was with you for both the purchases. <laughs> you were yeah. indeed. Can we move on to the main part of, all right. the, of one week, as one we've started week? calling it now? All right, then. Um, Do you want to kick off? Shall I go first? Yeah, all right, then. I, I read through a, a load of emails this week. We have an astonishing amount of emails. Very, very grateful for, for them as well. Um, a few about St Kilda. Um, mm. Not heard of anyone, obviously, based on last week's show. We talked about the island of St Kilda off the west coast of Scotland. Not heard of from anyone who's been there yet, sadly enough. No. But I, I hold out hope. But a few people got in touch about it. Um, but um, I was particularly interested from, about this email, which has nothing to do with St Kilda, uh, from Connor Clancy. Now, Connor is a uh, old sort of a, not colleague but he, we've worked with him before if you, you won't remember Pete because you're terrible with names but mm. he is the guy who put us on uh, with the Ramble in Dublin a couple of summers ago yes I know Connor Clancy he tweets you know, it every now and again right okay fine so nice you know Connor. he emailed in about a guy called Arthur Boyt um, and Arthur Boyt is the UK's leading roadkill connoisseur <laughs> right uh, he essentially lives in Cornwall in a place. Of course, he, of course he does. If I was going to pick, <laughs> if I was going to pick one place in the UK, I should have given you, know, you a guess. I should have yeah. given you a chance to guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he lives in Cornwall, uh, um, and um, God. 
and uh, I'm actually off to Cornwall soon. He, he, um, Enjoy the roadkill. Yeah, he's it, it, just sold it to me. <laughs> um, but no, he he, um, he and he lives just on roadkill, basically. And um, I, I did a little bit of digging around about him, and I found a documentary, like a mini documentary on mm. Vice, uh, who do great documentaries, by the way. I mean, we know about their their stuff um, generally, but they do great documentaries online as well. And they they went and they saw don't him. Pay their people very well. Yeah, <laughs> is that right? Mm. I'll stay out of that. I'll stay out <laughs> of that. Um, oh, and someone's gone freelance recently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you are listening, get in touch. I've, wor- I've worked for Vice before. Yeah. So I work for them again. So have I, kind of. They paid me all right, so I can't mm. complain. Um, this mini documentary, about twenty minutes long, was basically going to see Arthur and and. and just working out sort of what he's all about, what he eats. I mean, it was... What it, he eats? It was Stuff a, off the road. It was awful. It was awful. <laughs> I, 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 it was hard. It was 20 minutes long. It was hard to get through it. Um, the best quote from it is... Um, I'm just going to read it out of verbatim. Mm. Is, um, I ate a badger once that someone else had picked up because they wanted its skull. It was blown up like a horse on the western front and it smelled horrible. When I cut into it, the flesh was green, but nevertheless I persevered and stewed it. It made the house smell like the old-fashioned mental hospitals used to, but boy, it tasted delicious. Right, two things there. Yeah. A man is clearly in a mental hospital. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> two, it was green. Also... Horse on the Western Front. No. That's not a reference for a, a, a beautiful <laughs> meal, is it? No, not at all. He's in his seventies, and he, and he genuinely, <laughs> that, that's inexplicable. He genuinely will eat anything. I mean, I don't want to be mean about the guy, but I want to get the guy who eats rations who we uh, featured on Quite, earlier so episodes. It's similar to that. Yeah, he he, um, he says he, he, he did say some interesting stuff. <laughs> his freezer was unspeakable. His, his freezer- breath was probably unspeakable. <laughs> At one point, at one point, he went into his freezer, and mm. the, the documentary makers were filming him going through his freezer. Right, uh, I'll give you a few head. I'll give you a few highlights. Um, testes of a badger. Why just the testes? How do, hang up. Whoa, steady. How do we know they were? T- if they were just some disembodied testes, how did we know? <laughs> well, and we've, we're both men who have been to the Icelandic Peace Penis Museum. We are. Once you cut it off an animal, I ain't got a bloody clue. No, it's impossible Could to be guess. anything. Well, he said it was. Well. Hind legs of a cat. <laughs> Hind legs of a cat, Pete. Did he talk them off? Hind legs of a cat. Did he talk them off? Hind legs of a cat, Pete. Also got a pet cat. So, it had a pet right. cat in the house, yeah. right? And he said he would never eat it, but I would be worried for that cat <laughs> and its chances of a respectful burial. That's all I'll say. Why just the hind yeah. legs? They showed the cat in a couple They're of the shots. the springiest ones. And the cat is thinking, don't come near me. Do not come near the me. Cat's, uh, the cat's just, uh, like, trying to pretend that it's not very springy. Yeah. Like, really, and, 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 I'm not and, jumping up or anything. And the whole, yeah, no, the cat wants to remain alive <laughs> at all costs. <laughs> gonna, the cat's going to develop some sort of weekend at Bernie-style ruse to keep itself alive. It's going to get eaten after it's dead. But but, um, you know, uh, one, I mean, the, the whole documentary builds up to the sort of final scene where he mm. eats, um, he has his, <laughs> it's a bit partridge, he has his brother-in-law <laughs> and, his, and his nephew over, right. and, they, and he makes them a badger's head casserole. <sighs> yeah. It's not great. And, 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 and clearly, you know, he does the Hannibal Lecter thing at the end, where he starts going... <laughs> Like oh, that. Is that a, a little joke. And the documentary makers obviously made him do that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. not a little joke because he's got absolutely no doesn't, irony about him at all. It doesn't even make any sense because the, uh, no. the whole point of Hannibal Lecter is he eats humans. Quite. Like, well, we well, all eat animals, so but I Pete, mean. But Pete, in the documentary. It's like me finishing a nice meal in like a fish restaurant and going. <laughs> well, let me give you some more context then. In this, he actually says at one point, I had a chance to get a human leg from someone I knew worked at a hospital, but I decided against it. <laughs> so, you know. 
This is this, this right. man is, is 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 I mean he's from Cornwall. He's, he's out there. He is out there. He did make an interesting point where he said, "I'm against um, animals being killed specifically so I can eat them," which I think is. And he, and he also made a few points about people not knowing the provenance of where their meat comes from. And right? Stuff yeah, like yeah. That. I, I I do kind of agree that uh, I don't like it when people who eat meat turn their nose up at certain kinds of meat. You know what I mean? I would, yeah. never, I would never eat horse. It's like, well, what's the bloody difference? Where's the line, yeah? Horse and a cow, where's the line? A friend of mine was in, uh, a friend of mine, Tommy, who you, I think you met once or twice, he was in Cambodia, and mm. he did a little tra- a trail, a little trek through Cambodia, and the local guide um, went up and got, and, and he said, oh, look, you know, just get us, they were there at some sort of restaurant, or not even a restaurant, really, like a food cart thing, mm. and they, he said, look, just get us whatever locals eat. And mm. um, he brought back a selection, and one of the selections was dog, and he said he didn't mm. eat it, and it felt weird. Yeah, but I mean they're di- they're slightly different animals to what we would be petting, I suppose, aren't they? They they're kind of well, farmed for that kind of well, yeah, but situation. It's still not great, though, is it? It's still not great, but I mean, I I, I think it's a bit rich. Any people who eat meat having a pop at people who eat dog, or, I'm more, or I'm more guinea s- pig, even the Peruvians. I, I'm more squeamish about it than you. You you are a man who likes to get really tucked into the local food and stuff, aren't you? I, oh. I do to an extent. But when I was speaking, that you mentioned the penis museum earlier, which we've both been to separately. Um, that's in Iceland. That in Iceland, there's a local delicacy which is essentially fetid shark, which is buried underground mm. and sort of um, stewed in its own urine for weeks. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, there's nothing good can come of that. Nothing no, good can come it, of eating no, that. No, somebody made the point that like somebody must have really wanted to eat that sh- that shark because I, it's it's like they they take the skin and they bury it and then they uh, they douse it and, and it just it just stinks like bin. Yeah, I got it's I got disgusting. When I was there, I got the impression they sort of hammed that up a bit just for tourists. Oh yeah, nobody eats, nobody eats a day to day. It's not like a mm. not like a raw mop or anything. No, raw mops are quite nice. I just go. We we went on a, we did like a little live show in Oslo, didn't we? That guy yeah. turned up with some raw mops and I ate one and my hands smelt of fish and vinegar all night. Yeah, which is how I like it. <laughs> what's your one, what's your one week, Peter? Uh, well, this one comes from uh, George Wicks. It is kind of it, we have got to the point where. People keep suggesting really good ideas, and it, it, it can't just sit in the email section. I think it's important to kind of give them the opportunity to uh, give give them like. Yeah, a, I think there's two types of emails. I think you know you get emails which we read out in the section, email section, which mm. are great, and they're, they're nice and short and little vignettes. And there's emails that sort of, sp- I guess, sort of spark more of a creative streak in us, which make us want to investigate further. Yes, so I don't which, think which is did, what we, which is what yeah. I've done here, basically. That's what Connor did for me earlier. So basically, uh, George Wicks came okay, with this one. He basically talks about this. Um, uh, this thing called the UVB-76. Right. Um, it's known as the buzzer. Basically, it's a broadcast, a short, monotonous tone that happens 25 times a minute, 24 hours a day, and has done since 1973 on the AM frequency, right, yeah. in Eastern Europe. Occasionally, That's where you'll be broadcasting your radio show, <laughs> <don't> you? <laughs> Occasionally, great, great, uh, great uh, health insurance. Uh <laughs> Occasionally, Russian voices can be heard playing over the transmission. Uh, a quick YouTube search, and the tone itself is actually quite sinister. Its mystery is further enhanced because no one is 100% certain of the origin of the signal or what it actually means. So he sent a couple of links, and I've had a look, at, look around uh, further. Basically, it broadcasts, uh, broadcasts on the frequency 4625 kilohertz. Right. Uh, it's a short, monotonous buzz tone, repeating uh, again and again and again. Uh, the first reports of this, uh, of this station on this frequency uh, is 1979, uh, 1973 rather. Its origins have been traced uh, to uh, somewhere near um, Moscow, I think it was. Right. Uh, What's the point of it? Uh, well, we don't know. That's okay. the thing. Right, okay. So here's, a, here's a basically a, a clip of it. It's um, 
the, the interesting uh, thing about it, at one point during this clip, uh, a, a woman's scream can be heard, Jesus. which is uh, rather uh, rather unsettling. Let me just get that. There we go. So that's the noise. Sounds like a foghorn. <laughs> 24 hours a day, forever, since the 1970s. It's never stopped. It's never stopped. Right. Let's see if you can hear the woman scream. Yeah, that's <laughs> awful. I don't like it. Absolutely but awful. then occasionally, uh, there'll be some kind of like call signs, kind of chords coming through. Huh. So, Nikolai, Anna, Ivan, Mikhail, Ivan, you guys took on hell of a beating. <laughs> All that stuff. It's really spooky and really weird, but it's just one of these things that's been happening uh, since the 1970s. They found um, the old broadcasting station, or the one that they thought it was, because it got moved uh, a little while ago, and it was uh, near Moscow. It was Pov- Povorovo, I think it's called. Right. Uh, but it moved in the last 10, 20 years to uh, somewhere else. First detected in the, in the seventies, and uh, it, sometimes you like hear like distant conversations uh, because it sounds like they've basically instead of got a, instead of a system like a closed circuit system where a buzzer feeds straight into the actual broadcasting system, it sounds like there's a room where there's a buzzer and a microphone, so you can occasionally just hear people chatting and stuff like that. So there's little messages that have been heard, like, I am 143, not receiving the generator oscillator. That stuff comes from the hardware room. I can get the feeling to make you feel better. I can get a regular generator the feeling that makes you feel better. Oh, they were good. Holloways, weren't they? I think so, yeah. I think their um, uh, practice room burned down. Yeah. Nambuka's on Holloway Road. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, but uh, they've never been heard on the... Uh, what, Holloway's? On the... <laughs> heard anyway, on, on the radio station. Um, I think this one is, of them died. This is true. Um, that's a shame. That's a shame. Is, this is tr- that's genuinely a shame. Yeah. This is really one of the world's secrets then because if it's been going mm. continuously without a break um, since 1973 if you think of all the upheaval that's gone on in the world mm. um, for the last however 40 almost 45 years now and that's incredible that it's still going I mean it reminds me of um, have you heard of that thing I think it's, I haven't got it in front of me but I think it's called the bloop which is like a really uh, is that the deep sea thing yeah quite right. a well known continuous bloop sound mm. at the, looks like it's coming from the bottom of the ocean and no one really knows what it was not as far oh, as I that's know that's your mum <laughs> as far as I know it just, it just stopped after a while it just oh. stopped and so I don't know, obviously and then Donald related. Trump came to power yeah. what happened there yeah, well, there's, there's two other Russian stations that follow a similar far nicknamed the Pip and the Squeaky Wheel and uh, apparently they just tr- transmit a signature sound that is repeated constantly uh, and then interrupted to relay coded voice messages fascinating though yeah, who's just that, fr- fascinating. Was that from originally? Uh, that was uh, flagged up by George Wicks. Thank you for, for that, George. I, I spent a good few hours uh, reading into that, and uh, God, I, that sort of thing spooks me the heck out. George is helping us whisper the world's secrets. I love it. Well, I love thank it. You for that. Shall we get onto the actual emails? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Okay, nope. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
okay, Luke. Don't gunge me, mate. Pipe down, Pete. I told you never to argue with the customers. I you, wish our uh, plow system was a little <laughs> bit more uh, reliable, as you're, reliable you're, you're, as the UVB seventy six. You will never get the volume right. That's just how it is. You need to get you do some work experience over at um, that, that, that Nikolai, station. Ivan, Mikhail. Yeah. yeah. Do, you to, do you want me to go first? All right then. I've only got. Um, I've got two. No, I've got one. I've got one. I've mm-hmm. got one this week. All right. Um, and this one is from Mark in Barnsley. He mm-hmm. says, "Hi, chaps. Listening to Pete's anecdote about his US trip and specifically the getting drunk on a plane song. Was that last week or the week before? Might have been last no, week. Might, yeah, last week. Yeah, 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 special yeah. before yeah, that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, he said it reminds me of my very own experience regarding that song in 2014. Me and my then girlfriend, now wife. It's not a tragedy. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, like, love. It's is a, love has saved the day. Um, very much the inverse of that whole story and on that song. Indeed. Which is basically about a man going on a honeymoon by himself because his wife has jilted him. Um, yeah, indeed. Well, the, the, these guys who are thankfully still together headed out to the States to conquer the iconic Route 66. Mm. He says, after a few hours of driving, we were struggling to find a half-decent radio station to listen to until we stumbled across a country music one. The first song we heard, the aforementioned Drunk on a Plane by Dirk Bentley. He, we both absolutely loved the uh, ridiculous of it, ridiculousness of it all, um, so much that, so that halfway through the trip we bought his latest album to accompany us. Whenever I hear his name or the song, it always takes me back to that trip. Keep up the great mm. work, Mark. Um, I, I looked into Dirk, um, Dirk Bentley. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a bit weird name. Um, he actually spells his name D-I-E-R-K as well, which looks like it might be a bit D-I-R-K. D-I-E-R-K. Dirk. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, and interestingly enough, Pete, and you'll love this, right. Dirk also holds a pilot licence and his own private plane. So he shouldn't be getting drunk on his plane. Well, he's open, isn't he? If he yeah. But if he does and he's listening, just get him to try and do a barrel roll. Drunk, I drunk or not. Pour <laughs> <laughs> in a bottle of uh, schnapps yeah. while he does it, see yeah. if anybody notices. Uh, we should actually, uh, we didn't actually pile through the actual lyrics. Uh, do you want to hear a couple of uh, yeah. choices? I'll just Google them there. Yeah. I took two weeks vacation for the honeymoon, a couple of tickets all-inclusive down in Cancun. I couldn't get my money back, so I'm in seat 7A. I'm getting drunk on a plane. Okay. I bet the fella on the aisle thought I was crazy because I taped your picture of the seat back right next to me. And now I've got empty mini bottles filling both our trays. I'm getting drunk on a plane. This is so depressing. Buying drinks for everybody but the pilot. It's a party. Got this 737 rocking like a G6. Stewardess is something sexy. Lean and poor and cork and whiskey. Told her about my condition. Got a little mile high flight attention. It's Mardi Gras up in the clouds. I'm up so high I may never come down. I'm trying anything to drown out the pain. They all know why I'm getting drunk on a plane. But it just sounds like a problem passenger who, in his mind, is having an amazing time. And everyone's loving his company, but in reality, uh, an air marshal is going to be (laughs) getting on the plane when he lands. But he's, um, he's got his own plane. So he can do what Should he wants. He can do what he wants. He can absolutely do what he wants. <laughs> it's, li- it's, uh, it's even more depressing than when you go on holiday on your own. Say again? It's even, this is even more depressing than well, when you go on holiday on well, your Well, the own. final lines are, I'm getting drunk on a plane, I might be passed out in the baggage claim, but right now I'm drunk on a plane, <laughs> which is very much how I end my holidays. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. Have you ever lost your baggage? Uh, once, uh, a friend, I, once I got a friend to upgrade us who worked for a decent airline and... Not so decent anymore, by the sounds of it. Bumped us, bumped us up to, to, uh, Virgin. Uh, it was Virgin. Uh, bumped oh, sorry, us up I to, thought it was to, BA. To, 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 to business class, it was the best thing ever. And my mate, uh, who didn't pay for his flight, I paid for him, he was, uh, very upset. He thought, basically, the man who was holding a card with his name on it, uh, was all part of the, 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 the sort of business class experience that you get off the plane and a man has the word 
your name on it. Your yeah. name on it. Yeah. Uh, but it was actually, um, we've lost your luggage. It's oh, really? <laughs> That's terrible. He got very upset. Oh, we got so upset. But you got, was it, was it um, Al? Yeah. And so you guys are quite a similar size, so he could probably borrow your clothes. Anyway. <laughs> we just went to Uniqlo. You can get, in Japan, you can buy off the shelf us little, uh, little guys. It's brilliant. Okay, right. Yeah. I wouldn't better get any clothes in Uniqlo. I'm getting dressed in Uniqlo. <laughs> what um, email have you got, Peter? Uh, hi, guys. This is from uh, Thomas. Hello, Thomas. Uh, I was recently listening to episode five. Pete asked why there are cosmonauts and astronauts. This is because the word astronaut comes from, from the Greek astron, meaning star, and nauts, meaning sailor. Cosmonaut comes from the Russian cosmos, meaning universe. And the Greek nauts meaning sailor. Therefore, sailor on the stars versus sailor of the universe. Both They're the same, though. Both, Both beautiful, though. Yeah, very But very I like good. how the Russians have overstretched stretched yeah. further a little bit. Uh, P.S., though, I read this out because... I, I mean, obviously, I should have known the original uh, tenor of the man's argument, but uh, I'm going to college next week, and I'll be sharing with a roommate. How will I win him over to my side? Uh, I remember going to university for the first time and having to share a room in, in halls. Did you have to actually yeah. share a room? That yeah. seems very American. Well, I think, it, for me, it was the case that um, if I didn't share and I, got, I paid my own room, it was really expensive. Right, okay. And I couldn't really afford it, so I ended up sharing with a guy um, who... I, I, I haven't seen him since uni, to be fair, but... Yep, reason for that. You know, he's a, he was a, <laughs> we, got, we, got, we got on we got fine. fine. Lovely, right. yeah. To be, to be honest, everyone in my halls was really nice. I, I had no problem at all. It was obviously... It wasn't unisex or anything like that it was right. single sex and um, everyone there bar none really was, was really sound so I got on alright so you may not have to worry how, how mm. about you Peter um, what was the Montfort like for that uh, well, well we kind of had uh, I spent most of my time in my room playing the video game Carmageddon and listening to Macy Gray's debut album <laughs> Eating food alone, so that's how I spent. Did you my have your first own room? Year. I had my own room. Yeah. Why were you listening to Macy Gray? And then one time I what? Because it was brilliant. Uh, and one time I tipped TCP in my cupboard, and the whole of the room just smelled like TCP for a whole year. Jeez, this is a... Did no have no sex. We, we got, <laughs> no, we got, did no make no love in there. We got a tweet the other day, um, say, I can't remember where it's from now, saying, um, catching up with Luke and Pete show, and uh, I've learnt so much about Pete Donaldson. There's another one for you. Yeah. There's another I didn't even know that about you. TCP, so, stinking so, a TCP. It's almost like you were trying not to make friends. <laughs> <laughs> Macy Gray, Carmageddon, was that that sort of um, donk, like destruction derby type game? Yeah, a little bit, and it was like really 90s and really nasty, uh, the actual kind of production of it was like yeah. really sort of like you know really heavy guitar metal riffs and stuff and just like in, yeah let's get dirty and just in case other human beings weren't put off by those two things yeah along comes the TCP <laughs> seal the deal <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so never mind. Um, I uh, my mate uh, in a shared house once brought home one of those um, pistachio dispensers that he stole from a nightclub. That was oh, very popular. That was a re- that was a really popular move. Little, little sort of um, almost like mini Pringle type tubes of pistachios. I remember those. Yeah. No, but like a bit like you know, like you would um, I don't know uh, Skittles, like a Skittles dispenser, one of those big ones. Oh, but okay. It's all one vessel. Okay, right. It's like a water cooler filled with pistachios. How did he get that home? I don't really know how he stole it or got yeah. it home, to be honest. But uh, yeah. pistachios for at least three days, and I'm- then we were just stuck with a... London nonsense. I once, this is a story I probably shouldn't be telling, but I'll do it anyway. I worked behind the bar at the Student Union, and uh, one, and it was like the campus, it was like a campus bar, so it was very quiet some nights. Obviously, Wednesday night was always sports night and whatever, but but certain nights it was very quiet, and I only had one member of, two members of staff on. It was me and a friend of mine, and I won't name him so he doesn't get in trouble. Um, And um, we just decided one night, because obviously we were 19 and stupid, Mm. let's just get drunk. So we got drunk, we got really drunk, and um, ended up just mucking about, doing stupid stuff, 
just drinking loads of free drinks, which you weren't allowed to do. Mm. They wouldn't even give you one free drink there. But anyway, late on that night, we saw that they had a camera behind the bar. Right. And we're like, oh, we are in such trouble now. We're, we're going to get fired and all this other stuff. So we spent ages trying to think about how to... We, 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 we sort, sort of thought the video, because it would have been like a VHS Yeah, it thing. must have been somewere in the well, It was in the manager's office, but oh. it would over, I think it would overwrite like every couple of weeks or something like that. Right. So we were thinking about whether to try and get the tape or to just let it play out. <gasps> we let it play it's out. Like Metal Gear Solid. We didn't hear from it about it again. Right. I think the camera, the camera might have been fake, luckily. But, um, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't the best thing to do. But So, uh, to, to, uh, to the email, uh, what's his name again? Thomas. Uh, Thomas, yeah. Uh, it'll be fine, don't worry about it. It's always fine. Going on the student union, it's fine. But Pete didn't have any mates by the sound of it, and he's doing fine now. No, I once uh, went back uh, when I was really struggling for cash when I worked at uh, another radio station, and I DJed a... Like a, it was like a sports college. The University of East London, they're really kind of um, sporty. So my wife works. Well, there we go. <laughs> there we go. And I think I've probably told you this story, but I've not told the podcasters because it's fucking horrific. Yeah. Um, I was DJing a rugby night. Now, uh, there was like a kind of like an auction going on where they would auction off the lads yeah. to the girls to do like tasks and stuff like that. Yeah, it was all very tawdry. Do you remember? Yeah. You'd yeah. sort of, to the highest, highest bidder, you'd, you'd auction off people. Anyway, uh, they also had this uh, conceit where um, they had a, because they were rugby lads, and they were like bounce, 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 session, session, session. Uh, they had like a, a rugby ball filled with cement. Right. And they would manacle it to that person's foot or arm, and they would have to carry the rugby ball around while they drank and while they had a night out. Right. But and each player would have it for twenty minutes each. But if they put it down to pee or to drink or to talk to somebody on a table or a floor, they would have a forfeit. So they'd have to do shots, or they'd have to drink the rest of the pint, or they'd have to drink a dirty pint or whatever. That's what you got to look forward to, Tom. That's what you got to look forward to. Anyway, so it came to the point where uh, it's the auction. And I'm playing a... I can't remember who did... It might be Lady Hawker. So some band did a cover of... Uh, I got all the girls, I got all the girls. Yeah. Um, it, but the boy version. It's like a switch, switcheroo boy version. It might have been Lady Hawker, one of those bands where it's like, you know... So I got all the boys, I got yeah. all... And I was basically administering uh, an auction. Well, you, the, you, the, you were the auctioneer in this I was situation. the auctioneer. Okay. Basically... Um, and, and all the lads were, like, dressed in kind of tutus, so they were, like, in a state of undress. They were basically in their pants. Yeah. But at one point, I'm on stage, I'm selling to the highest bidder a young black kid with a manacle yeah. chained to a really heavy weight yeah. in his pants. Connotations. And I'm like, this does not look good. No. For me, the university, I'm selling, it to, selling the guy to the highest bidder. If someone comes in... Just I'm, out of context. Just, takes a Polaroid. I know. Takes a Polaroid. I'm selling a man manacled to a wit. Yeah, it's not great. Not great. It's not great. Did you, so, did, you, did you get paid? <laughs> no, did did I, give, did, I didn't take any of the money that he was going to make. Did you give the money to charity? <laughs> that's outrageous. Listen, Thomas, that's yeah. just a couple of university stories. Yeah, don't, and you, don't sell modern slaves. And university stories from old men like us are almost yeah. always boring, so we'll leave them there. No, they're pretty much always horrific. Yeah, they're yeah. pretty much always horrific. Yeah, have you got any more emails? Uh, I've got uh, one more email. Uh, hi, guys. Uh, who's this from? It's on the next page. Um, hello, um, James. Hello, James. Um, hi, guys. I've been listening to the show for the past few weeks and felt this poo story would tick all of no, the boxes. No, what? I don't want a poo story. No, you like this one. Okay. 
You always a, say that. A, it's all about poo, a favoured topic of the show so Not far. a favoured topic. Two, it's genuinely interesting and could be Men Carter-worthy. Three, Luke won't be grossed out. Can I just say, I'm happy to hear it on that basis, yeah. but it's not a favourite topic of the show, it's a favourite topic of the listeners, <laughs> who always email in about it. We mentioned it once in, like, episode one or something. We're leading the witness. <laughs> we are. Objections. Objections. We're leading the shitness. Sustained. <laughs> Carry on. Uh, my sister studies biological scientists, uh, sciences at university and recently told me about poo prints. Apparently similar to a fingerprint, everyone has a unique and distinctive poo, which can be attributed to them. Uh, inside right. our bodies, microbes live in giant communities called microbiomes, uh, which sounds adorable. Sounds like the animals that were in Fraggle Rock. Um, sounds like a new Stephen King novel to and me. And whilst inside, they take on our biological likeness. Uh, when we poo, uh, all of these microbiomes are present, and it's these that can be tested, compared, and stored. So one day, similar to the fingerprint register police use, there could be a giant bank of uh, poo prints. Huh. So there we go. Well, that is quite interesting, really. <laughs> uh, well, there's a PS. There's a little. Uh, there's a little epilogue. Okay. Epilogue. Um, <laughs> hey. <laughs> at my work, there's a, there is a designated lift which is solely reserved for the owner of the company. It's activated by a special key and is the only lift that can gain access to the tenth floor. Upon which I believe he has some sort of apartment. Now that's a <laughs> fuck you to the workers. Does he isn't work it? for Tony Stark? I'm not having this. Do you work for Iron Man? Terrible, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. uh, it's sort of thing you'd have in a video game. Uh, as a result, <laughs> the lift is mainly on the ground floor permanently, and the doors are programmed to remain open, presumably to let others know that it's unusable. Anyway, as you may have guessed, a rogue shitter struck and did oh, his or her dirty business all over the lift, much to the officer's delight. The owner is a grade A tosser, and if that wasn't impressive enough, the lift is made entirely of ga- glass on one side and looks out onto a huge foyer including a main desk with at least three reception staff and security on there at all times. What? Full stop. A. Full stop. Hero. Full stop. Best James. What performance from the power? Does James live in the Marvel universe? (laughs) (laughs) Terrible. Sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, This is the only sort of... I mean, I I don't don't, um, support or endorse that behaviour. No. But at the same time, I do understand the person who must have that own sort of personal lift must be a bit of an idiot, so mm. I, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. No, I, I, I would not want to have my own personal lift, however rich I got personally. No, there's no, no chance, mate. No chance. No chance. I'm very much like uh, Elvis. When I went to see Elvis, uh, Elvis's house, it was very humble. He had a lot of televisions and also a lot of uh, figurines of chimpanzees and monkeys and stuff. Oh, right, right. right on my straws, Yeah, but it could have been your uh, home from home. I saw my mum and dad at the weekend. <laughs> where, did that co- where did that come from? Well, if I feel sad with that mum and dad, you'll oh. look after me. I saw my mum and dad at the weekend, so I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not sad. Are your mum and dad elephants? Are no. you Baba, the aristocratic <laughs> <No>. <laughs> cartoon elephant? What, what was that all about? It was a, it was a horrible little... I don't, I, I don't, can you imagine, like, a kid... Can you imagine a kid right now, of our age, let's say, who whose favourite cartoon was Baba? No, I, I do or, remember Ovid's it. video. Like, I, just I unlovable. Ovid. Yeah, but it's not your favourite, though, is it? It's, it's still unlovable. It's like Supergrass. Alfred J. Quack, crap. Su- Supergrass are a good band, but they're no-one's favourite band. Do you know what I mean? In It For The Money was a very good I, I like them. No, I like them. I'm not having a go at them. I'm just saying they're not really anyone's favourite band, are they? No. Mm, anyway, yeah. do you want me to do a uh, Men Carter entry? Let, shall, shall we get into Men Carter, then? Yeah, right. okay. Let there be justice for all. Let there be peace for all. It's one small step for man. You don't understand. Willie was a salesman. Say simply, very simply, with hope, good morning. The emails are still coming in. Yeah. 
there. Uh, that bloke had never chosen that jingle now. I know, right? I but got yeah. so excited about using the word Encarta in something, I just... Uh... Possibly my favourite learning or lesson from this uh, show so far has been mm. that we heard the Neil Armstrong One Small Step for Man there um, quote is that Neil Armstrong was, of course, the first man to step foot on the moon. Yeah. But um, Buzz Aldrin, the great Buzz Aldrin, one of possibly the world's best living human being, mm. um, was the first person to urinate on the moon. Great right so, hook on him as well. They, absolutely. I absolutely. was on air and I noted that, because it was Moon Day, wasn't it, last week? That's right. It was where the we celebrate yeah. the 48th anniversary of the moon landings. And I basically made the point that you know how bad the world is that we're celebrating the 48th anniversary of something. Did I mean, talk to me when it's, like, 2019. Did you get a lot of stick I got one man uh, tweeting me, the moon landings were the greatest achievement of humanity, you dick. Is that me tweeting you that? <laughs> so I agree with that tweet. But then, but then I was going, all right, mate, back in your box. Like, I'm yeah. just making the point that why we celebrate the 40th anniversary. And, and then I got a lot of other tweets going, I don't think it ever happened. And then, and then <laughs> oh, loads, no. loads of moon through this guy oh, gone. No. And I read them out. And then people going, no, I think it definitely did happen. I've got, I'm not <laughs> denying that the moon landings oh, happened. Before you know it, you're the new host of InfoWars. <laughs> 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 oh, Alex Terrible. Jones. Alex Jones. But I, I think, I think, I, I, I mean this in the nicest possible I'm way. I'm your Rush Limbaugh. And I hope you'll take this in, in, in the spirit in which it's intended, but I don't think someone with your achievements should right. really be commenting on the moon landings. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, they always tell us that our mobile phones are more advanced than all of NASA's they, computers they back were, in the day. Yeah. So. Apparently, a lot of the code um, written for um, that to happen, the computer code, was written by hand. Some uh, NASA dude died uh, quite recently, and they were doing a house clearance, and they found loads of old NASA computers that he, that somebody from NASA went, yeah, you can have that, Steve. Have you heard of... Um that's quite cool, isn't it? Well, just just really old magnetic tip, big old. You'd, you'd love machines. that, wouldn't you? I would. My pants. Have you heard of a guy called? Well, not a guy, but like a, I guess like an Jonathan inter- magnetic tip. No, <laughs> an internet um, sort of phenomenon or or, or incident um, called John Titor. John Titor. Have you heard of that? No. Okay, I'm free. I'm freestyling here. This is off the dome piece. If Whoa, I get some of it, if steady. I, if I get some of it wrong, then forgive me. A number of years ago, on, on a quite a sort of influential, sciencey um, chat forum, hmm. a guy popped up with the username John Titor <laughs> and claimed to have travelled from the future. Oh right, okay. Back to the present day hmm. and, g- and gave a list of um, things to prove in quotes how he how he was a time traveller basically. Yes. Okay. Um, and a couple of bits and pieces in there. and he actually come up with a few quite interesting pieces of knowledge that, that not, you wouldn't have known. That not many people would know. And it was something like about it was about a particular type of IBM computer which was used to to open up. I, I don't really know the details. You know more about it than me. He came he came back from the future with some really boring information. Well, no, what he was saying was which, which made it interesting was that there was a load of computers that needed to be sort of defragged or something like that or hacked into and he needed to come back and get <laughs> an old two one. two very different things. Whatever. Defragging and hacking. I told you I'm freestyling. <laughs> but anyway, the point, the point is a lot of people are going, oh god, this is quite interesting and they listed a load of um, things that would have hap- would happen by year, by year, by year. Right. Uh, no, I'm came true, so... <laughs> <laughs> I think so hang on, what are we celebrating here? How do well, you, like... Well, he was, he was why is he famous? For a while he was convincing enough to have like his own Wikipedia page. Okay, right. And then... And then, um, and then I think he was then saying stuff like, oh, well, um, it depends on the timeline you're on, because the, the grandfather paradox and all this other stuff, <laughs> right. in the infinite worlds possible theory from, from what's his name, um, Everett, Hugh Everett's infinite, mm. infinite worlds theory, infinite universe theory and stuff. Anyway, it was quite interesting, but it just made me think of it. Yeah, so. in the future, I'm actually married to a supermodel, so you may as yeah. well marry me now and she, then just make it true. So. She goes right. to another school. Uh-huh. Um, Men Carter, mm. finally. I'm going to use... Um, 
this is from Nick, actually. N I C. Nick. I didn't take it. I don't think he signed off for this surname. Right, so Nicky boy. Give us, give us your, what you got, yeah? He says, following the chat uh, around prosopagnosia in last week's Steady. episode, that was with Duncan Bannatyne. Remember the inability to recognise faces? Somebody tweeted uh, Duncan Bannatyne today. Did you see I that? I did see that, yeah. Going, did you see what those boys are saying about you on the podcast? Why do people do that? They're yeah. sh- such show- well, show-offs, aren't they? Well, show-offs, but also I was going, what did we say about that? Yeah. <laughs> do you well, that's rude? the problem, isn't it? Can't that's the problem, yeah. Hey, Bannatyne won't listen. No. He's, he's, he's worth 700 million or something. He's not going to care. He's busy pushing his commanding officer off a boat. We only said, to be fair, that he had an ice cream van, and according to his own website, he's yeah. Got prosopagnosia, and he was uh, dishonorably discharged from the navy. All of which is true. Okay. Bring your law firm, Bannatine. <laughs> uh, anyway, oh yeah, dear, Badger's head. So, yeah. <laughs> so if you can't um, if you can't remember what happened last week, um, uh, prosopagnosia, St. Duncan Bannatine apparently suffers from, according to reports, right. um, and it, it's the inability to recognise faces. Okay. So even if you know someone well, occasionally you cannot recognise who they are. Yeah. Anyway, Nick says, uh, following the chat around that, I may, I'd like to present for Mencarta another fascinating psychological phenomenon that may have passed you by. Synesthesia. Do you know synesthesia? Uh, I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Okay. So for those of you who are listening, sure, you don't yes, know. in short. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, and that's it. Yeah. No, but if, you, if you're listening, and you don't. It's a phenomenon in humans. Uh, Nick says where one sensory pathway is joined with another sensory pathway. So when one is stimulated, the other is triggered involuntary. Um, for example, sounds are experienced as colours. He says, I studied psychology at university. I remember watching a video in a lecture about a synesthete, which is, that's the name of people mm. who suffer from it, um, who experienced words as tastes and smells. And there was a video of him going on the tube through Covent Garden Station, and he said, Covent Garden tastes strongly of sausages. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds fake, but apparently it's real. So Hermann's is German. Um, synesthesia is sometimes suggested as a source of genius, and certain great composers, Chopin mm. and Liszt, experienced sound as colour and would choose chord progressions based on the shades and hue of the colour they saw while playing. Um, he said, maybe old news to you, certainly old news to you, Pete, but thought mm. it was worth sharing. It's fascinating. Keep up the good word, Nick. Now, Nick listed a, included a link to a list of some other notable synesthetes in his email, um, and I thought you'd be interested, Pete, to know that the following people have apparently... Uh, suffered from synesthesia. Mm. Tori Amos. Oh! Remember her? Conflict girl. Never was a conflict girl. Uh, she has red hair, or, yeah. as I call it, sausage hair. Tell you what I'll do. I'll um, taste strongly of sausage. Straight I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll list these people who've got synesthesia, and right. you can give me an alternative fact, a different fact, not an alternative fact, an actual fact about them. About okay? them. Okay, right, okay. Yeah. So we're starting off. Tori Amos, she said red hair, that's fine. Yes, red hair. Next up, um, Michael Jackson. I think Careful. he used... He had one uh, silvery glove. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Next up, this is a tough one. Duke Ellington, famous pianist. Uh, he... Uh, I have no facts about Duke Ellington. Okay. Uh, Richard Feynman. I don't even know who Richard Feynman fantastic is. Fantastic physicist. Right. Apparently... What a, what a fantastic physicist. Apparently he used to see equations in colours. Imagine <laughs> that. He did, apparently. That is confusing. Yeah. Marilyn Monroe. Uh, she had a dress that would occasionally rise above her knee. There you go. Uh, Vincent van Gogh. Don't do the obvious one. Cut off his colourful ear. <laughs> he actually used to see ears as colours. <laughs> He's uh, like, oh, my ears are black. And two easy ones to finish, two right. more notable synesthetes to finish off. Kanye West. <laughs> just, just invariably quite mad. Yeah, and uh, Hans Zimmer. Oh, I have interviewed him. Okay. 
and the microphone didn't work. Oh dear. And I didn't tell anyone. He's still waiting for that to come out. <laughs> We've all been there. He did the music for um, Dunkirk, didn't he? He did, yeah. It's a very good soundtrack. Actually. He very did. Uh, and also, I noticed that, uh, what's that famous one he did for? Oh, not True Blood, what am I talking about? The True Romance. Yeah. That oh, did ding, he do ding, that? Ding, 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 that oh, kind of, uh, that kind of xylophone kind of thing. It. It's got used in so many things. Um, such a copy of another piece. But such I, a big copy. Before we move on, and, and maybe even... What a guy, though. Leave our listeners alone. Um, I would say Dunkirk, to, to finish off with Dunkirk, to bookend the show, if you will, because mm. um, Hans Zimmer's come up here. Yes. I would say it's the first film I've seen where the soundtrack is probably more important than the dialogue. Okay, yeah, everyone's talking about how amazing it is. It's very claustrophobic and mm. very sort of um, affecting. I really want to watch it. I want to watch it in 70, uh, is it 70 millimetres? Don't talk to me about that, mate. 70 millimetres. I watched it with, again, Tommy, you come up earlier on the show. Right. He works in the, that sort of business. He was talking about 35 mil and 70 mil and all sorts. And I was like, look, you know, look shut your round, mate. I want to get it. You want to see a man's head come off? Just let me watch it. Yeah. I've heard it's got loads of bloody explosions in it. I've heard it's got bl- uh, blo- uh, bloody that bandalite in it. Mm. Yeah. All right, then. Well, let's get out of here. If you want to get involved and do our job for us, because to be quite frank, it's you've merely been in the heavy lifting. The but show's again better. We've enjoyed <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, it's uh, hello at lukeandpetershow.com. Yeah, and um, do post us a review of our show if you like it on iTunes. I did notice a review. I don't tend to read below the line, as they say very often, because um, it's, <laughs> right. it's depressing. Um, <laughs> but we love all the reviews you'll get. Apart from one guy who said, um, the show's rubbish or something, and if you want proof, look at the shows. They're just getting shorter. They're getting shorter and shorter. What, is that? what does that mean? Don't I don't know. I'll take it up with him, mate. It wasn't like last week's, like an hour or something. Don't know. Oh, well, never mind. Well, they feel sorry. Like an hour. feels like an hour. <laughs> it feels like an hour, doesn't it? Well, this one's quite long, so. Yeah. And you've got some extra singing from Luke at the end, which oh, I'm really? going to paste in. Damn. Beautiful. All right, then. Uh, we'll see you very soon. We'll see you next week. In fact, Mondays are Luke and Pete show days. Bye. Bye. Say your bye again. Bye. One day I'll get the levels, right? They call me Hanging Johnny Away, boys, away And they says I hangs for money And we'll hang, boys, hang First I hung me mother Away, boys, away and me sister and me brother And we'll hang, boys, hang Then I hung me father Away, boys, away And I strung him up with leather And we'll hang, boys, hang Then I hung me granny Away, boys, away And I strung her up so canny And we'll hang, boys, hang Now we're all hanging together Away, boys, away And we'll
hope for better weather and we'll all hang boys. All hang boys. Just sung your little song there, little yeah. sea shanty, the whole thing. It's on there. 